everyone, and welcome to the 15th episode of The Untamed Rant. Woohoo! I am the Untamed Scribe, and you heard him here first. As always, with me is the Warlock, Mr. Crowley. Hi there. <laughs> In this episode, we're going to be talking to you about Klingons and Kobolds. It's a double feature. Because they tied. <laughs> yeah. In the poll. Uh, technically, one had 1% more, but um, it was on the edge of 33 and 34%, which means it was definitely whoever got 34 was the last one voted for because the poll shows up in blue, the winner, and mm -hmm. both of them were in blue. So We couldn't not do it. That you know, just, that's basically that was, what we're yeah, getting at. That was just the digits thing. <laughs> they tied. Alright, so, <clears throat> so I think we should start with Klingons for sure. That's where I'm at. Because I, I don't necessarily know that much about them. You do. <laughs> That's true. I may have watched Star Trek once or twice. Indeed. I've seen an episode or two, probably caught it while I was at your house. Nothing like sat down to really watch it. And I've only seen the newest movies, really. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, I've watched through every series at least once. Indeed. Yeah. Tell me more. Next, I've watched through Next Gen at least three times. And I'm almost <laughs> through Enterprise for the second time start to finish. And then I gotta go back to Voyager, because Janeway kicks ass. What are we talking about not having time on our hands? What are you doing? <laughs> Sitting in bed, not falling asleep. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Still, though. <laughs> You've already seen it! Anyhow. Uh, yeah. Worth. <laughs> Worth. Worth it. You'll know when you see it. <laughs> oh, okay. Just another show, or series of shows I have to catch up on. Yeah. Anyways, moving past that. So what, what do we want to talk about with Klingons? First off, um... I'm gonna need... You're gonna need to guide me through here, or else I'm gonna... <laughs> Tangent like crazy. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it'll still happen, don't worry about like, it. Like, we're gonna be on, like, Ferengi for some reason. We get to start talking about the rules of acquisition. Mm -hmm, It'd be mm -hmm. great. Um, do you want to talk... Firstly, I think <clears throat> we should mention the society of Klingons, which we discussed a little bit earlier, but the fact that... Most people who may or may not know the show... Most outsiders? Yeah, most... Laymen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> most most non-Trekkies. <laughs> okay. I mean, if you watch the shows all the way through, you, you begin to understand. Um, like myself included, kind of only assumed that they were just warriors. And yeah. More. So let's, let's go through so this like, society. If you don't know a ton about Star Trek, and look, I am not... a quote-unquote Trekkie. Like, I love Star Trek, but, like, I I don't know that much. Like, <laughs> it will take me a long time to, like, I just know the most out of all of us. I mean, um, fair, but also I would say you're Trekkie, but let's move on. <laughs> whatever. Uh, I don't care. Um, the point is, if I say anything wrong, just correct me. Don't yell at me. Yeah, totes send us those, you know, comments and stuff. Hey! Yeah. Um, and definitely anything you like about Klingons that we don't get go over, because this could be a very long episode if we actually did a discourse on Klingons. But basically, <laughs> I was telling her about how most Klingons you see, most Klingons people picture are warrior Klingons. They are of the warrior caste during the, if I do my math right, the 24th century, I believe, is... Mm -hmm. I think that's what you ended up... The 20, I think it's the 25th century in the 2400s. I don't know, because they start dates to the shows, so, like... Yeah. I, th um, I think you were the, somewhere the around The next-gen era. Yeah, that's what you said. Um, is very warrior cast-heavy. 
mm-hmm. conquest society. But like people think Klingons are just like warrior backwards, like Viking, space, space Vikings. Yeah, space Vikings. That's uh, a good way to but put it. they're not. They've just kind of taken a very war war focused stride in their society. Mm. Um, in most of what we see. Not to say they weren't before, like, even in, before Kirk, they went to war with humans. Yep. On and off. They've gone to war with us, but that's, they, they like war, but, like, they have artists, and they have scientists, and they have intelligence agencies, (laughs) and lawyers, and a court system, like, they're an advanced civilization, like, Klingon disruptors and birds of prey are made by Klingons, they didn't just steal those things. (laughs) Um... They just like war. Oh, so and, they are more advanced and, than first, uh, well, than I was first led to believe. Yeah, obviously. then you kind of just assume because <laughs> yeah. of what you see generally. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know what they say about assuming people don't do that. Yeah. Asses. <laughs> All around asses. <laughs> just 360 <laughs> degrees of ass. <laughs> That's a lot of ass. <laughs> Something that I did look up in terms of Klingon, um, that I, you know, when I briefly got a chance to actually look into it, was the Broken Bow incident, which is, like, their how their relationship with humans kind of became, like, really wire-thin and, like, <laughs> stressed, and how um, that incident became like, the jumping-off point for their um, relationships with humans. So, again, I didn't dive too deeply into that, but I remember reading it and how it actually did take place on Earth. Yeah. So, Broken Bow is the first episode, or first two episodes, depending on where you're watching it. Like, I think Netflix combines them into one. They like Mm -hmm. to do that with the two-parters. Okay. The start of season. Uh, if you start Enterprise, the first long-ass episode you're going to watch is Broken Bow, which is a Klingon uh, arriving on Earth. I think he crash lands in, like, a fucking grain silo or something on a farm. It's, it's on a farm. Yeah. Um, but he's being chased by something called Suliban, um, which... You, two, two soldiers from Suliban. Yeah. You'll, you'll have to watch Enterprise to understand what Suliban is. Needless to say, Suliban are a race... Um, involved in something called the Temporal Cold War, which is like a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he is knocked out, and Vulcans know what Klingons are, but humans have never seen Klingons before, and Vulcans are still being douchey and not telling us anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still, we have the warp drive. Cochrane went to warp speed. We have Enterprise being built with warp 5 capabilities. Boom. But the Vulcans don't want us to go, so Starfleet won't let us go. But then, you know, um, we have this Klingon. Mm-hmm. What, what, the, what are we going to do with him? So they take it as an opportunity for Captain Archer and the Enterprise and humans to go out and start their thing. Mm-hmm. This is before Starfleet. Um, and they return the warrior to the Klingons. Mm-hmm. As, like, a nice measure of goodwill. Um, and... You know, it's it's basically first contact with Klingons. Yeah. The other thing that I read a, briefly about it, and I could have the facts incorrect, I'm not too sure. Obviously, you will correct me if I'm wrong, but 
Um, one of the reasons why he was being chased was because the warriors that were chasing him didn't want him to divulge the fact that they were responsible for some of the, for a war or something like that. I, I'm not 100% sure. Like, they, they basically were, uh, like, bigger plot points that they were trying to keep hidden because they were meddling. And I don't remember in, in what specifically. Yeah, I, I mean, right? it's it's pretty complicated because it all ties back to, like, the the underlying story. Because Enterprise did something that other series hadn't really done. And, like, mm-hmm. it went really heavy later in the seasons, especially when you get to the Zindi and stuff. But um, they had more, like... Continuity is not really the right word, because all the Star Treks have continuity. No right. continuity with each other. But, like, storylines stretch over the season yeah. in multiple episodes. Whereas, like, Next Gen has, like, two-parters and it has stuff. But it's very uh, Monster of the Week in style. Or, like, the first two episodes you had Q. And yeah. a giant space jellyfish. Yep. You know, and then another week, like, and by the end of that season, you have, um, like, um, what's it called? The, the tar monster, the evil tar monster yeah, that kills okay. Ka- Tasha Yar. And there's an incident with, I'm trying to remember what's first season, what's not. Riker doesn't, <laughs> any episode with Riker doesn't have a beard. This first season. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you got me, man. But there's, like, all kinds of different, like, one-off episodes. Like, there's an episode where, um, like, I think it was Next Gen. No, that was, that was Voyager. Um, but in similar vein, like, there's an episode in Voyager where they meet a species and then they, the court claims that, um, what's his face? The cocky guy, um, who they pulled out of jail for Voyager. I should really remember his name. Uh, Tom. (laughs) Tom Paris. Uh, They say he uh, killed this man because, you know, he's really friendly with his wife or whatever, and, like, they implant false memories, and he has to, like, live through the -hmm. crazy stuff. But, like, after that and before that, like, that species and that occurrence is not, like, a huge deal. Okay. Like, they don't keep re-interacting with that species, and, like, they meet Q again, but it's not, like... Oh, also this. It's just, it happens in chunks away from each other. But Enterprise is like, you know, oh, here's all these questions we need to answer. Mm -hmm. And they bring it up and they bring different pieces of it together. And if you watch a a random episode of Enterprise, there's going to be certain scenes or questions probably asked that you're like, what What does that have to do with anything? Mm -hmm. Because they're like, oh, you know... Saren from this planet about the called it the temporal cold war and you're like what <laughs> so and you're like oh that's what the whole season's about <laughs> no wonder i don't get anything so with that though and all the underlying you know and twists and turns for the yeah. story and the plot and all of that broken bow the reason why it's called that is because it actually happened in oklahoma broken bow oklahoma and what specifically from that encounter, like, was, like, the re... Like, because you said, you even said, so, Archer, Archer brings him back, and it's like, show good faith. Yeah, so they also need to figure out, like, why he's there. Yeah. Because as far as they know, like, no Suliban. Like, they haven't encountered the Suliban yet. Okay. We know, watching it, that two Suliban agents were chasing the Klingon, and they blew up the grain silo. 
But the humans don't. Stone. No yeah. one knows until it's as things thing. go on and they're like trying to stop Archer and Archer interacts with them in other ways. Like they keep showing up and people mention them. Like like they, they're entering space and they have no idea what's going on, but suddenly they're caught up in like weird politics and Suleban keeps showing up and being douche douches and this temporal <laughs> cold war. And like it gets very complicated. So like it's a driving force for the first little bit of Enterprise and gets them enmeshed in this whole Suleban temporal cold war thing. Uh-huh. But also introduces humans to Klingons. Okay, so it's just the first introduction then. So what I said earlier yeah. was a little bit off because it's it's just the introduction of the of the two races. Of the two I species. mean pretty much. Okay. As the result of something way more complicated and crazy. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's not and that incident then is not a bad one then. It's not considered a bad one, right? No. Yeah, see, alright. It just kinda is. It's just there. It's just the like, first meeting. I mean Got it's, it. And it's not even really a meeting. It's like humans find this unconscious Klingon. Yeah. Now we gotta bring him home. Like Debbie Jeff, mate. <laughs> like the Vulcans kind of walk them through it. You got you got to watch Enterprise. Oh, that's what it comes down to. You folks. do. You got to watch them. All. I mean, there's just so much to cover, uh, especially uh, when you're talking about all the other stuff that goes on. Because it was the first two episodes of a whole season that was a prequel to literally everything. So a lot happened besides anything that had to do with the Klingon. <laughs> all right. So since we don't have time for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, uh, I do know that you had said that you wanted to talk about Klingon weapons. Yeah, we can talk about Klingon weapons. Uh, I can talk about Klingon weapons mostly because we've been playing Star Trek Adventures for yeah. my D&D group. Which I've heard of. Um, yeah, our barbarian... Needless, they've gone into Star Trek land for reasons uh, <laughs> involving Elder Gods and Yarlathotep. You know, God. But our barbarian uh, made Klingon. Um, yes, he's part of Starfleet. Uh, no, this has no real continuity within the universe. But neither is Nihilothotep, so whatever. Um, <laughs> Don't matter. <laughs> but the point is, uh, he has all kinds of Klingon weapons, and I like got a very quick discourse in Klingon weapons. Okay. Outside of a Batleth. Okay. And you probably know what a Batleth is. You've probably seen a Batleth. Probably, if you draw my memory, because I know I've heard the name, and I just can't think Big of what it looks like. Big two-handed curved sword. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Seen that. Um... Shows up less often in the shows, but is more of a combat weapon, mm-hmm. and less uh, ritualistic, usually. Okay. Um, and, like, is made for the, the murder. Yeah. Um, for the murder and the destruction. Is a mechleth, mm-hmm. which is, like, a curved blade. Okay. Um, pretty deadly. And then uh, something else you'd probably recognize, well, I don't know how much you've seen, but it showed up a lot in episodes of Next Gen when they interacted with Klingons. Um, okay. Especially when they did, like, ritual stuff with, like, cutting the hand, uh, is the Diktok, which is a ritual dagger. Okay. Which has, like, this little, like, diamond out of the blade, and then it has, like, two prongs that come out when you push a button. Huh. It's pretty vicious looking. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and then, of course, you have Klingon Disruptors, which are their, essentially their version of phasers. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Which are pretty deadly. And on kill setting, will disintegrate a body. Oh. That's yeah. super Yeah, fuck boring. your day up. How often is that setting it used as opposed to the, you know, stun? <laughs> I mean, if we're talking KDF, probably a lot. <laughs> okay. 
Um, yeah, you don't want to be in like a live or die situation with Klingons because like yeah, if they hit you, yeah. ya, you're dead. <laughs> now, the other thing that I, I kind of wanted to talk about for Klingons was uh, the one Klingon that I kind of know and I'm... Worf? Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people know him, but like... That's because Worf was in, in Next Gen. Yeah. And then he came back in Deep Space Nine. Okay. Um, yeah, Worf's cool. Or it's the first Klingon in Starfleet. Yeah. And everybody in Starfleet knows about the Klingon in Starfleet. Starfleet right. <laughs> um, but Worf was raised by two humans yeah. after his parents died. I remember you saying that, yeah. Um, and he went to the he went to Starfleet Academy. And he became a security officer on uh the Enterprise, and then chief of security after Tasha died. Spoilers. <laughs> in case nobody's seen it, I don't know. Whole thing's spoilers. <laughs> Why isn't Tasha in any episode where Riker does have a beard? I don't understand, because <laughs> she died at the end of season one. Oh, Maybe that's why he grew the beard. No. No, that's not true. He's <laughs> just got a baby face. <laughs> why, why, do, why do you guys spread lies? <laughs> Warlock. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Shit, I forgot. <laughs> so yeah, Worf's cool, because Worf pretty much gives us... But poor Worf. If you look up online, there's there's like a 30-minute video mm. of Worf getting shut down. <laughs> because Worf's always like, we need to attack, or we need to do this. Yeah. And Picard's it, always like, hold on! Yeah. Wait! We have to scan this! Like, yeah. like, Worf just wants to get to it. Yeah. But someone's always telling him to like give it two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and like every episode, there's just there's a scene where Worf is just like, shut up. <laughs> like, aww. <laughs> Shut down. <laughs> um, I think the only other thing that I will say to mention would be the um, story you told me about Arthur, I think. Or Archer? Archer. Archer. Yeah, and his uh, whole encounter with the old Klingon. Oh, at the end, I think it's at the end of season one. Um, and, like, I don't even remember how well they explain it, but Archer ends up in Klingon court. There you go, yeah. Um, Which is also another proof of their society. How, how yeah, he ends up in Klingon ass. court, but he has an old ass like appointed lawyer for him. Mm -hmm. And this guy's been around since before the warrior caste like really started taking over, mm -hmm. and like hates what's happening to Klingon society because right. like no one cares about anything but blood, and that's why Archer's there. Yeah. Um, but Archer convinces him to like go for all the loopholes, and Archer, you know, gets to stay on a nice deuterium mine, you know, which lasts zero time. Because, you know, can't just leave the captain in a deuterium <laughs> mine under Klingon slavery. Mm -hmm. um, but it's pretty cool because it's a look into the fact that it's Klingons are far more complicated than, than just like, than all the conquest and war and battle yeah. that you always hear Fight, about. Fight, kill, stuff. yeah. Like, and the only other thing you really hear about is like, I mean, you get some of their like, the Kalis stuff. Kalis is like, was the first leader of the Klingon Empire. He created the Klingon Empire. He's like a mytho figure. Like, he okay. was probably real, but now he's like a, almost godlike. Um, oh. <laughs> because Powerful. he brought the Klingons together as an empire. Oh, okay. Wow. Before then, the Klingons were not an empire. So, But you hear a lot about that in Next Gen. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also a lot of like political intrigue with like the different houses and how that all works. And you learn that like uh, you know, if you want to take 
like a on a Federation ship, you can be relieved of duty. Like if you're medically unstable, like the counselor or the medical oh, wow, yeah. chief of medicine can like relieve a captain. Like hmm. you're unfit for duty. Wow. Yeah, because it's it's not a military, but it's a militaristic, yeah, yeah, based organization, and that's pretty dope, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you get possessed person. by an alien life form, there's got to be a way to take you out of the chair of the flagship. Of... Right, yeah, like, you're not in charge no yeah. more. <laughs> um, of course, those situations tend to be far more complicated. Cause of course they are. TV. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but on a Klingon ship, you would challenge the captain to combat. And mm-hmm. If he dies... I was going to say, is it death? Yeah, <laughs> usually. Almost of course, always. It's yeah. death. And if you kill the captain, you're the captain now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you see stuff like that and you don't realize, you know, you don't think about the fact that there are Klingon intelligence and Klingon scientists and, Mm -hmm. you know, there are people walking around Kronos, Mm -hmm. you know, like making buildings and painting and right. Someone has to write the Klingon operas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so there there are just music makers. Yeah, that's so weird you to know, think about. Right? You always see Klingons yeah. in armor and yeah. with weapons. Like, you you can't have an advanced spacefaring society with warp technology and cloaking technology, and all they do is fight things. Yeah, like, they're just big old meat sticks. Yeah, yeah I think so. Like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense, but they never show it. Um, but episodes like that one in Enterprise are cool, because it definitely. reveals some of it. Yeah, I would definitely suggest checking that out, because I know I'm going to, at some mm-hmm. point, check that one out, because I'd love like. Because, again, all I know is what, like, the new movies for Star Trek have shown me or, you know, the random encounters I have with Worf on the random episodes that I catch if I'm over here. You know what I mean? Uh, so I don't really know a whole lot about Klingons. And then the only other thing that you've probably noticed about Klingons that's really weird, mm-hmm. without going to, into too much, like, there's so much we could talk about, like the Kittimer Accords, but uh, is what they look like. Right. Because in Enterprise, they look like the Klingons we know from Next Gen and DS9 and Voyager. Mm-hmm. They don't look like the original series Klingons. The original series Klingons looked more like humans. They have the same style, like um, like very thin, long mustaches and beards and the pulled back hair. But they looked human. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Discovery now, we have, they look way different. Like, they're all bald. Oh, really? Weird. Yeah, and they have like different ridge types and stuff. They look way different. Huh. Did not know that. <laughs> um, but, as far as I know for Discovery, I haven't watched it all, and I'm still waiting for, like, in-game, like, in-show explanations, but as far as I've been able to figure out from other people, is, and it kind of makes sense, because, like, Discovery, the Klingons in Discovery are, like, a sect of Klingons. Like, their sh- that ship, uh, spoiler alert, go ahead five minutes, uh, <sighs> if you haven't had a chance to watch Discovery. Um, their ship is the only Klingon ship with cloaking. The show takes place, um, like, that exists at that time. Okay. Now, I don't remember if Klingon ships had cloaking yet in Enterprise, and if that messes up the timeline. But the point is, it's the only one with cloaking, but... The ship also wants to bring Klingons, which are going to, like, war with one another at this point, Mm -hmm. which takes place, like, ten years before the original series. Um, 
they want to bring back the Klingon Empire under the name of Kalis, like because Kalis has been kind of forgotten. I remember reading about that from Klingon memories. So anyway. yeah, it's it's weird, and I guess they look different. Just they're just like because Klingons can look all kinds of different ways, but they look really different. But yep. um, as for the difference in the original series, they look human because of. I think it's called an augment virus. It's some kind of virus that manipulated their genes and got rid of their head ridges. And I'm pretty sure I don't remember what series it's in. I think it's in Enterprise, like season four of Enterprise, the last season, where they show it and like the the ridges, ridges dis- like dissolve. I remember, into the flash. yeah, and I it's and gross. I know that I saw a picture of it online when I was researching. I was like, what the. What yeah, there's that? a before and after <laughs> picture of one of the characters who, uh, like, had ridges early on, and then some, they got the virus or whatever it is yeah. and lost them. But the descendants of those infected by this yeah. are the Klingons that we end up seeing in the original series. Okay. That look more human, like, because they they have to deal with those genetic defects. Checks. like, mm-hmm. um, And then... Most cling, most quote unquote Klingons. By the time we get, uh, like what is it, seventy years later, yeah. to John Luke Picard and Worf, <laughs> most Klingons at this point, any that haven't, like the virus isn't spreading anymore or anything. But a hundred years again, yeah. Oh, and one more thing that we need to talk about with Klingons. Okay, <laughs> tribbles. Okay, what's do you that? know what a tribble is? No, how do you not know what a tribble is? A tribble is a small. Orb of fur. <laughs> the fuck? That eat and breathe. And purr. <laughs> okay. I can't believe you've never heard of a triple. No! It's fantastic. They're evil. Okay. Are they like a fucking, you know, gremlin? Like, when, like, when, when, when I say they breathe, wet. like you sh- throw it in like a container full of grain. You're going to come back the next day, you're going to open it, and there's going to be no grain and 40 tribbles. <laughs> That's how tribbles work. They've got such a, a weird, kind of almost cute name, too, though. Oh, and they look tribbles. cute. Everybody lo- uh, well, and their purr has, like, a psychosomatic thing that, like, makes you love them and want to keep them and hold them and pet them. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. But why, so why are they evil? Because, and I think it's just, it started as a joke, but it's, like, been slowly joked into canon mm-hmm. on episodes that, like... Tribbles are an arch nemesis of Klingons, to the point where, like, they had at one point almost... I don't remember. I haven't seen the episode in a long time, but, like, Worf alludes to the fact that they once almost destroyed the Klingon Empire. (laughs) Because And it's just, like, a running... Just from being cute and telling them to, like, love them? (laughs) Yeah, hold on. You had to have seen one of these pictures No, hold on. Go make a bigger... Is there a bigger picture? That's Tribbles. That's so ridiculous. The episode was called The Trouble with Tribbles. Um, (laughs) They are just like a little puff of fur. They're literally just a little puff of fur. (laughs) Eat and make more. They look so silly. And they're called Tribbles. Like, it's adorable. (laughs) But apparently, like, awful. I don't know. Yeah, in DS9, Odo remarks at one point uh, when... Of course, a triple episode in DS9. Um, he remarked, Another glorious chapter in Klingon history. Tell me, do they still sing songs of the great Tribble Hunt? What? <laughs> yep. Oh my god. 
So it's never really explained how they're like the arch nemesis or how they almost destroyed the the Klingons. Yeah, and I don't know like how much of it has been picked up through various like extended universe things, but like okay. triples are trouble. They, they're they're they trouble fuck people. Your shit up. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody just loves them and pet them, and give them all your food, and now they're literally kind of like suffocating you because there's so many of them. <laughs> wow. They're going to love you to death, is that what I hear? Yeah. <laughs> Triples are bad. And no wonder the Klingon it, hate them. <laughs> as far as I know, I'm like five episodes in, but as far as I know, this is not a Discovery spoiler. There might be a Triple episode. And if there is, I'm sorry for guessing correctly and spoiling. <laughs> but dude's got a Triple on his desk, and every time I hear it and see that little furball purr and move on his desk... Just in the corner of the scene, I'm like, this is bad. <laughs> Something horrible is going to happen with this triple. <laughs> Why is it here? And I swear to God, if the whole season ends by like just destroying the Klingon ship with a fucking triple, oh. I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I hope it happens just because you don't want but it to. But calling it right now. They already introduced Harry Mudd. You have no idea who that is. He nope. brought the Tribble into the ship on the original series. It's his okay. fault. Mudd's, like, he's a swindler and an asshole and a con artist. Okay. But Sounds he, about he right. He was in a prison cell in a Klingon ship without going into too much detail. But I swear to God, if fucking Harry Mudd ends up on the Discovery <laughs> and leaves the Discovery with the Tribble in his hand... <laughs> That explains everything. <laughs> Except how it took him ten full years to get rid of it without destroying himself. You heard it here first, folks. Calling it. <laughs> Calling it. That Tribble is the original Tribble. Oh, alright, alright. <laughs> That's fucked up. So now I know about Tribbles and Klingons. Great. <laughs> A little bit. A little bit. Skimming the surface, but still. We didn't even talk about their starships. Do you want to? No, that'll take more time. Are you sure? Yeah, we gotta get to kobolds. I mean, Tribbles, I think, is a good note to go on yeah. <laughs> the Klingons. <laughs> Alright, so kobolds, man. Yeah! Love kobolds. <laughs> Not as fun as a Tribble, <laughs> but let's continue. <clears throat> so kobolds. So kobolds. Um, for those of you unfamiliar with kobolds, they are How small creatures. If FYI. you are listening to this and unfamiliar with right? kobolds. Yeah, true, true. But still. I hope still. you came for the Klingons then. <laughs> what game have you been hiding under? Oh, Most of them There's have kobolds. I know, but you know, there are some new players that might not have had to deal with kobolds that could have had to deal with goblins mostly. You never know. You never know. Kobolds are better than goblins. Okay, well, it all depends. Anywho. <laughs> um, they um, really enjoy their strength in numbers. Uh, they're good with tunneling and building, and they actually, uh, worship, for the most part, they worship, at least in 5th edition, uh, dragons. However, they do also worship a lesser god named, uh, Kurtulmak, I think is Kurtulmak? Kurtulmak, is that how you say it? I think so. Kurtulmak? Um, legend has it, obviously, uh, Kurtulmak, uh, served as Tiamat's, uh, vassal in the Nine Hells. And, obviously, if you know Tiamat, also 
super powerful dragon, so it all makes sense. <laughs> Goddess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, don't fuck with that shit. I don't know why you would want to. <laughs> don't. If you come across that run, by the way, if you're new. <laughs> um, and some can be born with uh, leathery wings from 5th edition, anyway. Yeah, so kobolds. Kobolds are, like, in mythology. They're, like, I think they're German origin. Mm-hmm. German region. Yeah. Uh, what's the term for that? They're a salt slot. I can't talk you to you guys. You got it. You got it. I'm going to let you do it. I'm amazed I got through any of those Klingon words. <laughs> uh, Slavic mythology. There it is. I knew you'd get that. Um, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're Slavic goblins, basically. I mean, there's so many names for those things. But in D&D, they're little... Assholes. Yeah. Um, back Straight in the day, up. they were like little yippee dog assholes. Yeah, they've changed over the editions, obviously, as most most things have. But um, they are more reptilian now, and but they do have at least in the fifth edition, what we were talking about earlier, they have more of the puppy s- nose. Yeah, the puppy nose, the snout, the little, and the black, like the black wet nose. Yeah, there, yeah. instead of like a, that elongated a snout. snout. Yeah. yeah. Although, give me Pathfinder kobolds any day. Yeah, those are cool, man. I like those. I really- Give me most Pathfinder versions, because their artist team is <laughs> on, on point. point. <laughs> you also did say that you didn't enjoy 4th edition for the for the way that they look, too, though. Yeah, I think a lot of the 4th edition artists uh, work worked and or currently work for Paizo on Pathfinder stuff. I'm pretty positive the, like, one of the big Paizo... Pathfinder artists uh, did a lot of the art for like the Dark Sun Fourth Edition stuff, which is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Pathfinder arts always amazing. Yeah, and similar to the dragons that they worship, they do like their own tiny little hordes. So you yes. know, they hang out for the most part. You can find them in dungeons, which is you know, low level characters come across them quite often if you haven't yet. Kill them, Watch kill them bitches. Watch out for traps. Yeah, that they too. They like to set traps. Yeah, they do. Pit traps, spike traps, needle traps, trip wires. <laughs> you name They're it. They're just trap-making assholes. Trap. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also um, do have weapons, too. They don't just use, like, their claws oh, yeah. or whatever. They've got daggers, and yep. some of them use slings. Ones that can fly will just drop shit on you, like rocks or whatever. Uh, fourth edition gave they have some good versions too that I want to see more fifth edition stats for. I'm sure someone's made them on the DMs Guild, most likely. But like they really focused on, actually, they really focused on like the dragon worshiping aspect. Yeah. But they also gave them other stuff. So like in fourth edition, you're like, uh, I think they called them dragon shields. Was the like the the name of the unit, quote unquote, um, for kobolds, and they essentially they had full armor and shields and like pikes. Yeah, they were like I remember they were like level two yeah. kobolds essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty badass. Yeah, um, but they also added stuff like uh, Pathfinder does a lot with kobold, like alchemy. Mm-hmm. Um, they like to give the little races alchemy. Which I love. I loved about Pathfinder. I really love the goblins sneezing fireballs. It's great. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, but 4th edition had, um, some different kobolds, like, a like, one that had, like, a, a cage at, a ven- at the end of a stick that was full of bugs, and he had powers that, like, let him, like, throw little swarms of bugs at you and stuff. 
<laughs> Super so <fun>. cool. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> so neat, though. I yeah. love the take like, on it. Like, get wrecked. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, the other thing, too, about them, typically, never just one. Gotta watch out for those pack They're tactics, very people. Numerous. Yeah, they have yeah. pack tactics. They are they are vicious little assholes. Even if you're a high level, yeah. kobolds can be vicious. Like mm-hmm. I think someone ran the math on it, and like forty kobolds against a fighter with even two hundred HP. Mm. Um, I think the math came out to like the fighter could not survive five rounds. Like statistically wow, speaking, really? yeah, because they have pack tactics. Yep. Yep. Um, so Which you know, allows like, them advantage in case there was curious. something like eighty percent or more of all attacks would end up hitting, oh, and like yeah, yeah, eight of true. them could be around at, at any once. one time mm-hmm. plus ranged attacks. Yeah. Um, and that's without assuming anything outside of like ten feet had a chance to attack. Like, right. If they just were like swarming Packed around in, you. Yeah. Um. And even at like average damage, it's only. A couple points, right? Right, but if um, you have that many around you, exactly. Every round, tactics, you're taking yeah. like a minimum of a so much statistically so much damage, yeah. and like even when the worked, people, I think it, they worked it out to like something like ten or fifteen percent of all hits were going to prob- end up being criticals too, right? Uh, so like. Just through attrition, the average numbers, just by numbers, yeah, you would not survive long enough to kill them all. Right. Which um, is crazy. I mean, but that's like... That's, that's like a level 15 fighter. It's like yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Using all your abilities just because there's too many of them. Yeah. It's just one fighter. You know like what I you, mean? Like, you might so. die on top of a heap of 40 kobolds, <laughs> yeah. but they win. <laughs> yeah. You've also died. <laughs> yeah. Um... They're not, uh, they're not very physical. Strength is not great. But again, you know, that pack tactics can definitely fuck up your day. And they're and, quick. And they're, but they are very, very quick. Um, but they are also clever. And again, we mentioned they love to make traps. Tunneling is their business. So if you're in a dungeon, like, they could have even probably made that dungeon because they love right. it. Like, dead end. yeah. Like dead like, end with a trap. Yeah, like, they're, uh, they're pretty nasty when you That's get into it. That's why I like kobolds more than goblins. Like, I like goblins. Goblins are cool mm-hmm. outside, but, like, when you go into a dungeon or something, kobolds are great. Because, like, especially if you do the whole dragon thing, cause they worship a dragon. They can have, like, a, dra- a worm priest yeah, exactly, with some magic yeah. and, like... The great worms. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, about their cleverness, if you're ever in a dungeon, which I, I like about them, is the fact that they use natural resources around in the area for their traps yeah. on top of, like, creatures. Like, so if there's a creature already in a set of tunnels, like, they'll just, yeah, you go that yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. They'll make it look like you want it, like... Oh, a gelatinous cube has invaded our home. Let's dig a tunnel and get the cube stuck, and then we'll just funnel adventures down to the cube. (laughs) Like, pretty badass when you think about it. Uh, Pretty clever. Cobalt's a really good way for DM to teach players how Mm -hmm. clever and adaptive an enemy can be, unlike a video game is usually, because a video game is like, if you leave their sphere of influence... They forget about you, you and they're yeah. gone. Like, everything resets. Yeah. And you get to start over with all your knowledge. Right. Uh, or, you know, no matter how many times you fight this enemy, they still use the same exact tactics. You know, right. they don't learn. Right. Whereas, like, kobolds built into them, mm-hmm. they're too clever to begin with, and you have to adapt to them. But also, 
they're going to continue to be clever. They're going to set traps behind you. So yeah. if you decide to turn around, like, yeah. there's a lot you can do to just, like, make them scary, even though they're tiny little lizard men. Exactly. And I like the fact, again, with their traps, like, it could just be something as simple as you, you know, tripwire, and it sends this clay pot full of, like, poisonous bugs in it at yeah. your face. You know what I mean? Like, something so stupid, but that, that's what they do. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Um... Something about kobolds, though, um, they really hate gnomes. Hate them. Because of, uh, at least in 5th edition. Um, Territory disputes? That... That would be my guess. Uh, well, I would, I, I mean, you could play it like that. Um, that and or, I would say, um, because the, it's, uh, with, uh, Kurtlemack, I think is that? Kurtlemack. Uh, I'm not looking at... Kurtlemack, I think is how you said it. Kurtlemack. Yeah, Kurtlemack. Kurtlemack. Yeah. That's how I'd say it. Um, That's how we're saying The lesser god that they worship other than the dragons themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, It's rumored that um, Garl Glittergold, who is the god god of the gnomes, (laughs) uh, stole a trinket from the dragon queen's hoard. Good for him. (laughs) I mean, what? (laughs) And uh, Kurtlemack was sent to retrieve the trinket, but Glittergold played a trick on him. Direct. And basically, collapsing the earth and trapping the kobold god in an underground maze for eternity. <laughs> so they hate fucking gnomes and they Ouch. hate pranks for this reason. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Like, not not fans. Not fans of that shit. <laughs> nice. But clever enough I to like come up it. with mazes and traps of their own. Like, okay, like you hate Now them. you're in the maze. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Stupid oh, <God>. gnome. <laughs> and, um,. You know, depending on how involved the kobolds are in your campaign, there could always be um, a clan or a group of kobolds who are trying to potentially free <laughs> Colonel Mac. <laughs> so. I think... Or figure out a way to, you know. I think kobolds are even more versatile, though, because... Dragons. Yeah, dude. Keep with the connection with dragons. But Absolutely. Like, okay, I like... I like the idea that even though they kind of gotten away from it again in 5th edition, just to make evil things evil and whatever. I don't know. It's stupid. <laughs> I get it, but it's stupid. I get it, but don't. I like the gray areas. Everyone does. I don't know why right. it's not written in. Let's go. <laughs> um, not all uh, chromatic dragons are evil. Correct. Not all metallic dragons are good. I also like having all kinds of other dragons that I steal from other editions and other sources. Like, I like the cosmic dragons from Love it. Uh, Pathfinder. I like, They're like the old rust favorites. and yeah. sticks dragons from the third edition Draconomicon. I also like just dragon everything. I like the different lung dragons um, from uh, the old Oriental guidebook, which I'd like for them to come out with again... They should definitely name it something more appropriate. <laughs> they should have in the early 2000s. <laughs> but I digress. Here we are. <laughs> but I would love to see 5th edition. Although there is uh, an Oriental guidebook on the GM's Guild, which is really good. There's mm-hmm. a monster one, too. But, um, but like Lung Dragons. Okay. Like, uh, the chi- different Chinese and Japanese and those, the Asian dragons. Like, mm. big serpentine those wise things cool. with, like, mustaches and, like, crazy, like, Colors. there's, like, a fish and, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
they're they're more diverse in their shape and style mm-hmm. um, that I really than European based dragons. But also, I like having like catastrophe dragons. Like I like the idea of a an element a very elemental like volcano dragon that like is magma. Mm-hmm. Um, or like a storm I just pictured, dragon. Just pictured that magma one in my mind just coming up out of like the lava itself. That's so exactly. terrifying and creepy. Or like a storm <laughs> dragon. That's not just like um, what is it? The brass dragons that use lightning. Uh, I think. Or a blue dragon that lives in the desert. You know? Yeah, cool. yeah. He the likes blue, storms. Blue uses lightning. He yeah. likes lightning. But like like a storm dragon that lives in the clouds mm-hmm. and like could summon an actual sto- like a, like catastrophe dragons. I like other, all kinds of different dragons, but kobolds, mm-hmm. they just, they worship dragons and right. they would do whatever the dragon gave them an example of. So if they worshiped the gold dragon, that was good and benevolent, right. a good race of like hero kobolds. Right, right. Which would be crazy. That'd be a great campaign. Yeah, it would, it would. That'd be so interesting kobolds, to on. <laughs> a whole set of kobold tribes that worship like a council of good dragons. <laughs> and the dragons are trying to like get them to go out into the yeah. world oh my and become God, so and like connect to civilization. <laughs> Come on, guys! Come we just on. got like a whole bunch of little like <laughs> conniving adventurers that want to be good. <laughs> I love it. We can do it, guys! Yeah, <laughs> whole party's kobolds. That's awesome. We're doing it. Um, anything else specifically that you want to mention about kobolds? Because I have something else I want to. But I mean, just on that vein, that there's so many different ways you could play it. The ways they want, like they could just worship like a storm dragon as like a a thunder god, Mm -hmm. more than a dragon, and like you could, you can create any story out of that. Right. Exactly. And include a dragon as well. Yeah. But yeah, I just I love dragons and I love kobolds and I love love things that you can do a lot with Mm -hmm. without changing much. Right. Which is awesome. Dragons are probably one of my favorites, but that's a a topic for another time. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely Dragons. a topic for another Yeah, right? Gotta want to so bad. Anywho. <laughs> yeah, uh, so one... That's a cat. <laughs> one Monster Forge episode. You'll have to get us to make dragons. Yeah, that'd be dope. One question that was proposed to you, which you did mention to me, in terms of this particular rant... Yes. ...was in a kobold versus Klingon fight... <laughs> Who, Who do you win? think would win? So, and we discussed uh, this a this, little bit. This was, um, and I wrote it down so I'd remember to say, uh, give their handle out and mention them. Uh, so at Death by Mage, mm. uh, you should follow them. You should also go follow their blog. And Definitely. Probably support them on Patreon. They're my the next up. I'm gonna support. They got a ton of cool stuff, including some weird warlock uh, builds that are pretty cool. Just so you gotta come in. If you're, come if you're into head. the weird. Warlock stuff. <laughs> Who isn't? Anywho? <laughs> Come on, tentacles. Anyways. <laughs> um, not like that. Move on, move on. <laughs> uh, asked, would trap-savvy kobolds win against brutish Klingons? No, that is not an easy question to answer. No, but we did... there's not enough specifics. No. However, we did kind of spitball some ideas about it, though. Okay, so first thing. Okay. Trap-savvy kobolds. That's kind of given. Yeah, man. Brutish Klingons. So we're talking like warrior Warriors. Klingons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. First of all, where is it happening? Right. Exactly. Are we talking like on a, like, well, a space station? Right. Or a big ship? Or are we talking terra firma? Right. Because 
different advantages to those. I would say the kobolds have the advantage anywhere where they have space that they're familiar with. Right. And as long as they're defenders. Right. And I don't think they wouldn't be. Right. And the thing that we did talk about with this as well, so say, and, and I think when we discussed it was more like Klingons, as they do, you know, they go and they try to just take over. Yeah. So say it was a planet. Yeah. Happened to have kobold. Yeah. Trap, clever kobolds. Yeah. Frontal assault's not really working. No. Because kobolds obviously have the advantage. It's their planet. They know the right. ins and outs. They've made the tunnels. They've done, uh, say there's other creatures there. They can use those. Like, they've, they've done their their defensive duties. Yeah. <laughs> and a Klingon will, like, push through and, like, the front line will die to traps. But they'll only keep pushing Klingons through traps. Right. For so long. Without kobold bodies to show for it for right. so long. And again, something that we talked about, especially since now, you know, knowing a little bit more about the Klingons, especially for the warriors, if, you know, one in front, like, you know, you and I were yeah. warriors, we're Conan, we're Klingons, you die in a, in a trap, you've died honorably in my mind, you've, we yes. keep going. <laughs> now the trap has been set off. off yeah. Okay. You, you took the bullet. Yeah, yeah. Essentially. Yeah, exactly. Um, However, we did say that that would only last for so long because at a certain point, I think you mentioned that you... are wasting that, resources. That, but that, aren't stupid. But that, again, yes, absolutely. Because at some point, they might consider those traps dishonorable. Yeah, it's not worth it. Like, right. it's a dishonorable way for Klingon, uh, for kobolds to be fighting. And at a certain point, you just said... I think the Klingons would go back and be like, hey, exactly. Yeah. Can you not? I don't know if the listeners have noticed, but the past few months, this cat has been much louder than she used to be. Sorry, y'all. Anyhow. She's our third wheel here <laughs> for the podcast with no useful input. Say hi to Kaylee, everybody. <laughs> but I think the Klingons would step back at some point and go, you know what? Come fight us honorably. Right. And kind of, like, put it back and put in, the ball back, take the ball, the ball back, back to their court. <laughs> This is, okay, okay. And, like, siege it. Right, exactly. Um, because... The long game. Yeah, any combat at that point, Klingon's probably gonna win. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, how badly do they need the kobold resource? Right. Uh, if they're not, like... And that's without even considering that they could just blast the kobold settlements out of the sky. Right. Like, assume that they need to go through them to get deuterium or something. Like, they right. need to keep the settlements intact for whatever reason. Because right. they're tunnels. I don't know. The But I think the Klingons, I think in the end, the kobolds in a way still win. True. Even if they're, like, consumed by the Empire. Right. Kobolds didn't die. Right. They still got their home, like... The other thing, too, that we we were talking about was that, like... Are they space kobolds? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. if they're space kobolds, kobolds uh, win. win. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, the kobolds probably have, like, random decrepit stations all throughout the galaxy, and they're just like, oh, no, Klingons, and they run, and then they hide in the station. Right. And then the Klingons try to board, and then they all die to traps, and then mm-hmm. the kobolds are like, yay, parts, and dismantle a bird of prey for disruptors and other pieces. <laughs> like, However, too, if it wasn't space kobolds, yeah. back to the original scenario where it's the planet and they're defensive, Yeah. at a certain point, like, 
yes, we just mentioned, you know, one f- level 15 fighter against 40 I think kobolds, there's going to be a lot but, of bodies. I think there's going to be a lot of bodies on both sides, yeah. but at a certain point, though, like, it's the Klingon Empire. If they want to yeah. take it, they're going to take like, it. Yeah, <laughs> um, unless we have a kobold empire of right. multiple planets. Right. Like, there's going to be more Klingons than kobolds. Right, like, exactly. I think in, it, in the end. If it literally came down to attrition versus attrition, oh, yeah. the Klingons would win. win. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. But I don't think the scenario would end that way. I think one of the two sides would change it. Yeah, I but think I, so too. I think, They're both clever enough for yeah, that. Yeah, I think most scenarios, um, kobolds, just like, in the general sense, they win. In the big sense, That's, they probably lose. Mm-hmm. The Empire's going to steamroll them. Exactly. One way or another. But I think on, in a small battle scale or even in, like, just a kobold's care of scale, yeah. the kobolds are probably going to win. Yeah. Um, and de- and if they're space kobolds, yeah, uh, Klingon's probably not going to chase space. them very often. Yeah, like, no. And no one is. They're like, that's a waste of time. Yeah, right. And that's part of their tactic. Yeah. <laughs> so, great question. Uh... I would hopefully we provided a decent enough answer just because obviously we were like, oh, well, what about what are the specifics? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any announcements for uh, for anybody? Oh, today? announcements. Um, before announcements, is there anything else to talk about? Probably not. We'd no, probably I don't just sit so. here and talk about both of them forever. Ever. Mm-hmm. Um, announcements. Let's see. It is, as of this recording, uh, the 16th of December. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're listening to this as patrons. Happy New Year! Hey! Happy New Um, Year! Happy Holidays! If you're not a patron, happy two weeks after New Year! (laughs) Um, Chinese New Year? No, this is probably already gone back to the first week in there, right? I think so. I'm pretty Um, sure. (laughs) Delayed Happy Happy New New Year! Year. (laughs) Uh, By now... So what we're working on right now, uh, articles are coming out very regularly now. I'm like, I'm getting on top of that. It's nice. Yeah, man. We have reviews every Thursday. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this as a patron, uh, you have a few few cool things to look forward to. Um, the review for Star Trek Adventures, as well as the review for a 5th edition solo adventure, which is available on the DMs Guild. That's pretty cool. Uh, I still got to play through that. Um, those will be coming out the next two weeks. You've already seen those if you're not a patron. And we have reviews for Trash Mob Minis Paper Miniatures coming, Index Card RPG, um, and a few other games that I'm still in the process of trying to get a hold of. Uh, one of which might be in hard format, which would be really cool. Um, by now we've recorded hopefully at least two sessions of Agents of Farsight. Yeah. And hopefully we're at least halfway through recording small five minute, like, character intro recordings for those characters. And the first of those will be, like, coming as a preview in the next couple weeks, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, that's the goal. But we gotta get through the holidays first. Yeah. Um... So you're hearing this after the holidays, and by the time you hear this, we'll have more definitive and possibly quite different plans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there you go, though. That's a general update. Yeah. That's good. Uh, but lots of reviews coming. Um, and once the holidays are over and we get through stuff and Agents of Farsight is coming through, 
Uh, we can start talking about other stuff that'll be coming, like maybe Drunk Bestiary, and um, yeah. I also have like a one-page RPG that I won't need to write up that I came up with that I really want to do, um, which is super simple, and will be pay what you want, but I just need to find the time to do it. Yeah, no time. But there's stuff coming up, <laughs> and if you go on the website, there's a calendar, which I try to keep. I keep updated at least every 10 days or so. Yeah. So check that out. Yeah. All right, everybody. So that's going to wrap up this episode of The Untamed Ramp. Uh, so be sure to check out our blog. That's our, well, actually our website at this point. Yeah. Now is probably better to say. Yeah, because it's not just a blog. It's got reviews. Yeah, right? It's got resources. I do yeah. say random things. You know, that stuff. It's uh, thewanderingalchemist.com. Uh, there you're going to find previous episodes of The Rant and our actual play podcast, as we mentioned. Speaking of which, um, if you want, like, a, a, just a kind of introduction to what kind of thing Agents of Farsight is going to be, hmm. uh, go check out Brave New Worlds. Yeah. That, that was one of our, like, one of our first, first shows. First takes. <laughs> so, like, it's not the best audio. Uh, it's not, like, the best show as such. Uh, mm-hmm. But we had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, we did. And it's, it'll give you an idea of the weird randomness that'll happen. Uh, and I think Agents of Farsight is going to be much, so it's going to be much better audio. But it's, excuse me, it's going to be a lot cleaner. Yeah. And a lot more, uh, it's going to be run much more as a podcast yeah. than run and made into a podcast, if that right. makes sense. But that's a nice little preview if you want to listen to that. Yeah, so go check that out. Um, also check out the website for tips, tricks, and weekly articles about tabletop gaming and general nerdiness. Yes, and uh, we definitely love doing this. I love writing the blog, and I love that you guys are looking at it. Numbers are going up. Yay! <laughs> um, if you want to help support us, uh, you can think about becoming a patron at patreon.com. Search for The Wandering Alchemist. Uh, money for that is going towards stuff like the supplies for Agents of Farsight. Yeah. Um, extra books so that we had more than one copy of the rule book at the table. Um, gonna get art for it. Um, yeah. So that's, that's pretty awesome. So the more patrons we get, the more we can do with that. And... Pledges from a dollar up gives you early access to the podcast and will give you early access to things like Agents of Farsight, as well as the crack of the Rift book chapters that our lovely Untamed Scribe is writing. <laughs> Yay. Um, if you haven't read the last one, go read it. <laughs> um, which was based on our Pathfinder campaign. Yeah. Uh, one of our longest campaigns that we, we have played. Yeah. Also, as a patron, we're going to make sure to send out a wel- welcome package to you. And uh, you're going to be entered into exclusive drawings and giveaways. So just make sure to uh, yep. help support us. We'll help support you. And we'll get wristbands. Creators we'll get doing stickers, creative things. Yeah. Dice giveaways. Twelve more dollars, and we're going to have uh, indie RPG book giveaways. Yeah. So if you would like to contact us directly with questions, comments, or to wish us a happy new year in Klingon, please check out the website. That is www.thewanderingalchemist.com. And as always, I'm the Untamed Scribe. And I. The Wandering Alchemist. Thanks for listening, everybody. Kapla! <laughs>